Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, Bearcat fans, I'm excited to bring in this Bearcat legend. He played for UC from 1996 to 1998. He was my former teammate. And I'm telling you right now, he's one of my favorite teammates that I've ever had. And, man, I'm telling you, I'm so excited for this interview because we got a lot of stories. I'd like to welcome in the Kobe Stopper, number 23, Ruben Patterson. What's up, Ruben? Hey, hey, what's up, man? What's up, Alex? How you doing? Good, man. I'm maintaining. How you doing with all this craziness going on? Just maintaining. Just basically at home, man. And, you know, being with my family, doing a lot of praying and, you know, praying to God to get, get us through this and, you know, wish you will and read and just watching TV. Stay healthy. I hear you, man. Hey, real quick, um, a question I've always meant to ask you and I never did. So going into UC, um, you wore number 23. And I assume that was because of Jordan, right? The Jordan influence? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No question. Now, as you came into UC, Melvin Levitt had number 23. Uh-huh. But all of a sudden, you get there, and that was number 21. <laughs> what went down? I've never heard what went down that you got to wear 23. I, I think, I, I think Mel, I told Mel I need to get it. You know what I mean? Mel loves. Mel yeah. Love, love my guy. Yep. Guy, we play ball together, but they was recruiting me so bad at the time from Melvin. Melvin definitely, because you know we from Cleveland, so uh-huh. between him and Danny Forson, they was recruiting me. So he was like, you know, you come to Cincinnati, you know, 23, because you know I looked at the Michael Jordan. You did. That's why I can't wait till that little uh, documentary come out tonight with the Chicago sure. Bulls. But, you know, we was with Jordan, the brand Jordan. We had shoes, shorts, everything, so it was just an honor to, to, to have 23 because I looked up to Michael and I just put on my story today to a picture of me that me hugging him at the Rose Garden when he was playing. It was just 23 has always been that number since I looked up to Mike. Yeah, for sure, like so many of us did. And, and I think, like, Rube, I don't think a lot of people know your full story. And I kind of want to go through that journey on this podcast because, one thing I will say about you, you've had a lot of adversity in your life, but you've always bounced back. Like, yeah. you can knock Rube down, but you're never going to knock Rube out. And I will always, you know, have the utmost respect for you as a teammate and your ability to always keep bouncing back. But let's kind of go through this story, and uh, let's go back to Cleveland, where you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with the high school days. Now, you went to, uh, is it John, John Hate? Yep. I, now, uh, Charles Oakley went there. Is that right? Yeah, Oakley. Yep, Oakley went there too. Oakley, uh huh. Charles Oakley. Wow. He was before me, so you know he was the legend before me. 
<laughs> right. Oak was there back in the eighties, mm-hmm. late eighties. Yep. So, uh, yeah, John Hay, you know me going up to Cleveland, Alex. It was, it, it was rough. You know, my 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 lifestyle, and you know, from the hood, from the streets, and mm-hmm. never having my father in my life. I, you know, drugs and all that stuff. I, I mean, I seen all that. So, growing up in Cleveland was 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 rough, but the grace of God, I was able to overcome a lot. You know, seeing a lot. You know, selling drugs, being on the streets, and not having no heat and seeing having the rats and the roaches and and mm-hmm. I used to have to see my mom struggle. My sister used to have to work. My sister was doing a lot, you know, taking care of me and also my mom mm-hmm. helping my mom just because my dad was, you know, he wasn't there at the time and um that just motivated me, man. I just I just I just kept battling and seeing like I can't live like this. It was gonna be either dead or in jail or I seen, you know, my mom being hurt and cheated on and beat up on. And, I mean, it's a lot that people didn't know what mm-hmm. I went through in my childhood. But, um, you know, the grace of God, like I said, after I left Cleveland, I went to Independent Union College in Kansas and um, played two years there, got my social degree, graduated from there, had a great career scored 58 points in one game out there in Union College. And, Damn. And, yeah, yeah. And that's when hugs, hugs coming at me strong. So, um, so, so like with, with your upbringing, um, you know, basketball was that outlet for you. That was kind of like your safe place. You could go there and you can get lost in the game and forget about everything else in life. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what, what kind of high school? Yeah, what kind of high school player were you? Oh, I was a great uh, high school player. I played power four, so that's why. Throughout my career, was always uh, two guard, three guard, four guard. I can play the five because I was the biggest down team in high school. You know, <laughs> now you got these high school kids. Now, Alex, man, they like six five, six ten, six eleven. I'm like, crazy. Jesus, I right. mean, it's crazy because I coached high school when I was in Jacksonville, and my kids were so big, it was it's ridiculous. I know. You heard of um, Udoka from Kansas, the big fella mm-hmm. in West Kansas. Uh-huh. Yeah, I coached him for two years in Jacksonville. And okay. And see how big he is and the rest of the guys, I was just, uh, I told him my stories. We was like 6'3", uh-huh. 6'4", and under playing 10 in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I averaged, yeah, I averaged around like 24, 25. Well, I was a beast in high school, too. I just didn't have certain players around me like certain high schools did. Right. Gotcha. So, so like you were saying, you end up at uh, Independence JUCO for two years, and now, mm-hmm. how do you think that experience um, being at JUCO? Because a lot of kids today don't really, they don't really mm-hmm. take the JUCO route like they did back mm-hmm. in the day. Like you just don't hear about that as much. How did that experience mm-hmm. help you? It helped me a lot. It's totally different now because it's, it's so much money out here, and these these kids are so talented coming straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. So junior college helped me just because of my grades. I mean, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't have the right grades, so I had to go to junior college to, you know, get my degree and do all that. So it helped me tremendously because from high school to even in junior college, guys was tough. They were stronger. They were faster. So in my mind, it's like, okay, I got to get in the weight room. I got to get better. I got to work on my game, blah, blah, blah. And then you know, once we got to Cincinnati, it was a whole. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk we about got, that. That was a what? 
that was a whole nother whole nother level. But junior college really got me ready for college, you know, because uh-huh. I didn't know what to expect coming out of high school. But once I went to independent, I was I dominate, I played hard, I competed, and that's that's just the level I came from because I'm just so used to playing tough nose basketball because I've been doing it for so many years, growing up with my my uncles and friends just playing basketball. Yeah, and and coming out of JUCO, you were like the guy to recruit from junior college. Mm-hmm. Like around mm-hmm. the country, it was like if you got Ruben Patterson, you got the guy. So mm-hmm. who were some of the schools that were recruiting you besides UC? Oh man, I had Kansas. Um, I had North Carolina. I ain't even know. John mm-hmm. Calipari, when he was mm-hmm. at UMass, he recruited mm-hmm. me every every time to this day. You see me. You should have kept me, you man. Like I love John <laughs> Calipari. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of top schools, but I'm like you know, so but Cincinnati was just closer to home, you know. And yep. from Danny and Melvin and Tina Roster, the team we had, even with Kenya, Rob Monroe, rest in peace. Yeah. Daniel Burton, Jamie Flint. Like when I seen these guys, I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I'm coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jackson, right. Jackson, Big Botany, Brandon. You, you uh-huh. know the guys that was there, so it was no no brainer for me to sign Cincinnati, and then I was about four hours away from home. Right, so yeah, that was a great thing I did. <laughs> so you so you come to the Bearcats your first season, nineteen ninety six to nineteen ninety seven. You mentioned some of the guys: the Fortson, Burden, Flint, Bobby Brandon, Melvin. Um, but so, and I want to touch on this, and you started on this that adjustment going from JUCO. To, to being on the number one college team in the country and playing mm. for Bob Huggins, what type of adjustment was that for you? Man, that was a big adjustment for me. I I was nervous. I couldn't believe it. Like all the hype and all the stuff we was getting. And, mm-hmm. uh, Dick Vitale talking about us and seeing it in the newspaper, seeing those sports. And I'm like, man, like mm-hmm. this is like a dream come true to be the number one team and the nation, and everybody know about you. Right. So, just, I was just so happy about it. I was, man, I, I couldn't even, I remember like it was yesterday when I first signed. It was just like a dream come true. It was just like a blessing. I just made the right decisions going to Cincinnati. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I, I remember, I actually remember the game. You guys played your first year. You played Kansas at the shoot. Uh, you remember Paul that? Pierce and, Paul Pierce and, uh, La France, no guys from Kansas, yep. Yes. Chicago. Yep. Chicago. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and that was like, that was the game when I watched you. I'm like, man, this dude right here, like, you were a Bearcat type of player with that energy, that toughness, like, like everything. So, your first year, in your opinion, how was your experience and, like, how do you think your first year as a Bearcat went for you? It went okay, but it it didn't go like I wanted because the competition was – I didn't know the competition was going to be like it was. Uh-huh. Even with the Kansas, you know, you think of Paul Pierce back in those days. He was an All-American, um, McDonald's All-American, all them guys. But then you had LaFrance. Who else was on that team? Who was the two big – it was LaFrance, and there was another one of the big boys they had on their team. But they was loaded. I don't uh-huh. know what – I think Doc Pond was on that team too. But I can't the, remember who else was on there. Yeah, but the thing is, just competing against Paul, 
even through the NBA, I was just so nervous because <laughs> I've seen and heard all the hype and watched this dude play. I'm like, man, this dude is good. And mm-hmm. I got a bar. <laughs> I got yeah. a bar here. But, you know, it was just that testing from hugs and, you know, all the weights we was lifting and all the running and, you know how it is in practice, talking crap, talking crazy to each other. I was just uh-huh. always just a hard player, man. And then going up to Cleveland from the hard street, I was tough. I never backed down from nothing. So that's why I always had a competitive nature and a tough, playing hard, playing defense, diving on the floor, diving in the stands, giving my body up, just playing hard. That was just all me. And, you know, that's what we did. And since we yep. run, trap, um, diving on the floor, hug suits. I remember drills we used to do all the time. Roll the ball, dive on the floor and get it. He didn't care if you yep. scratch your leg up. <laughs> you nope. Remember that nope. drill? You got oh, yeah. Dive on the... <laughs> For sure. You dive. And then the drop step. I remember players having to go this drop step, and, and they hit me with the pads. You got yep. fitness. I mean, so much stuff. And it just got us tough, man. And you, I mean, it ain't nothing like being a bear cat, man. I miss some days. Yeah, no question. Now, one thing is, like, when you go from, from JUCO or anybody that comes from high school and they can play for the Bearcats at that time, the strength program, like Mickey Marotti was your strength coach, mm-hmm. right? Man, talk to people a little bit. I, I always try to tell people about Mickey Marotti and, like, the, the just going through the transformation of what your, your body goes through and, and what you need to play for Bob Huggins and his style. So speak on that a little bit. Man, I'm going to tell you one thing. I used to cry and hate to go to the weight room. When I knew I had to work out with Mickey, I used to cry. He used to. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, every time when I knew it, it was a study hall, we got weights, and I had to go see this guy. I mean, he was just the best. You know what? I think he's still at Notre Dame, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, because I heard he was the football stripping coach out there. Yeah, he went. Actually, he went from Notre Dame. To Florida with Urban Meyer, and then he went to Ohio State with Urban Meyer, and I heard he's still at Ohio State. I think okay. he's the highest paid strength coach in the country. Yes, he was. Um, just to say, what just to go back to what you said, he was. I seen him in so long, but I seen him to this day. I would thank him for everything. Um, get myself love in the weight room. That's why today still I'm about to be 45 in July. I love working out, lifting weights heavy. Uh-huh. Like, I'm still playing, and it all comes from him. It started with him. Like, oh, I never yeah. thought I'd be dedicated to lifting weights until yep. I got to Cincinnati. Like, I was just going off of talent. I was a little skinny kid, about 165 <laughs> pounds of talent. But mm-hmm. I had to get stronger, even when I got to the NBA. I was like, oh, my God, I know we're going to get on that story. Like, uh, oh, yeah. These guys are strong, you know what I'm saying? So. Uh-huh. From Cincinnati lifting and going to the NBA, like my first year, my rookie year at the Lakers, that's when I really, really, really just was so dedicated to working out, man. Yeah. Right. But it all started back with, with uh, Mickey Morati and Mickey uh, Morati. Oh, there, yeah. There are two games in particular, man. I, I hate to bring these two games up, but they stick out to me that 96-97 that, that season that were tough games, man. That loss versus Xavier at home when Lenny oh, Brown hit that yeah. shot. Man, that's that's still I still hear about that so much here in Cincinnati from from Xavier. And people. you know, and you know by you being there, and you still there. We can yep. stand the Xavier, and Xavier can stand up. <laughs> you back then, you know, with Posey and all them guys, man, and mm-hmm. like 
thinking they was the stuff and Lumpkin and all them guys and they came up in this shoe and beat us. That was the most oh my god, I cried. That was to this day I'm still hurt. Every time I see them was that your boy, they talking about Jerry Duck. Yep. We could never beat them. They beat us both years. Mm-hmm. They beat both years I was there when we were number one. Yep. And it was just like that was the hypest game ever, man. You still got that tape? Not to change it, but the UML got that tape? Uh, of that game? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I still have, man, I have. I was telling Corey Blunt about this the other day. I have like five big tubes of old uh, VHS tapes. I have every. Are you serious? Man, I have that one season we played together. I have every game on tape. I have the year before that, the 96, 97 on tape. Because they were all on Channel 19, so I taped them all. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to get them converted to where I can get them, you know, converted to like a thing on my computer. If I can do that, I'll definitely send you a couple, man. Because uh, it's so it's so hard. You think about what you say, VHS and what <laughs> technology is now. <laughs> like, oh, I know. You know talking about the '96, like people only barely watch DVDs now. Like it's it's just crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, no doubt. But that the 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 one game I think besides the, obviously the Xavier game was a tough one, but that last game, NCAA tournament game versus Iowa State, you know, a game that you guys you know could have won that game easily. They called that crazy travel on Darnell Burton um, mm-hmm. when the Iowa State guy fell on him, and I mean that game was I think disappointing because of the expectations of this team, you know, being number one in the country so much talent on that team and then, you know, losing to Iowa State in the, the second round. So I just want to get your thoughts about that. Well, you, you, you can't you can't take no team for granted, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care if you number one, whatever. And it was just something against Xavier. It was a tough call, but when it came to Cincinnati, Xavier always played play us home. And then Iowa State game too. That was that was that was just you know a tough loss. Also, I can even go back my senior year that when we played West Virginia with Hugs that now we're going to talk about that, that ball when Man. we was winning. And that's like if I wanted, and I took that ball. Man. Hey, okay, now, if hold I that story. That ball, really? with that ball with a win in. You know what I'm saying? Hold but that story. I'm trying to block it. So I know that was three games that really just to my heart to this day still it, it's still against Xavier, the Iowa State game in you know, West Virginia. So yep. we could have went to I think the final the final eight or the final four is one of them. And I I just it just messed me up. Right there I knew I was going to the NBA and I did. That was the story for that. Yeah. Now after your first year um with the Bearcats, you got your first year under your belt, you're going into your second year. What were some of the things that you felt you needed to work on because, listen, everybody knew you coming into UC, you had NBA-level talent. Like, it was just a matter of time before you were wearing an NBA jersey. So what did you feel you needed to work on, not only to help you get better for the Bearcats, but for the next level in the NBA? Well, I, I knew I had to – my senior year, I knew I had to be the man just because I knew Danny was leaving. That was yep. Danny's senior year. Yep. So you remember Kenya, he was young. Like Kenya went to Kenya Martin, he just came out of nowhere. Right. So I remember always telling me, like, okay, this is going to be a young team. you got to be a leader. Um, 
you gotta you gotta be ready if you're trying to get to that next level. I gotta you gotta help me and I can help you. Mm-hmm. So that was my mind mindset going into my senior year and I know remember I got suspended. Um I picked something from a booster I know nothing about so that kinda cost me on my draft pick but when I did come back after number suspension I really was dedicated, working hard. I was still working hard when I got suspended but I knew my job was coming in my senior year to try to lead this team um to a national championship and and that's where it all came. Once Danny left, man, I just, I just, you know, I had the master. Like, this is my team now. First, I think you hit it right on the head because that team before was definitely Danny's team. You averaged mm-hmm. your first year uh, fourteen and six. Second mm-hmm. season, your senior year, you were seventeen and six. You were the leading scorer on the team. So this, this was your team. Like right? your imprint over this team was definitely there. Um, now, having to sit out the fourteen games, like. How hard was that on you? Oh, my God, that was so devastating because to this day, instead of me being the first pick in the second round, I could have probably been the top 15, top 20 in the Mm. first round. Uh So I came back. I remember my folks told me when I signed my agent, I'm like, hey, you just got to finish the season up strong. You know, you still, you know, I had to go to the combine. I had to do all that stuff. But I know a lot of played those fourteen, fifteen games that that really would have helped my my drive spot. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we all make mistakes. You know, I was young, took some from a booster. You know, I ain't had nothing coming up to Cleveland, so hey, anything was given to us, I was taking it. You know, mm-hmm. I made a mistake, and if I could tell any other college player or, or whoever the kid, says, you know, your time gonna come, your dream gonna come. Don't take nothing from nobody because. It's going to begin. So much stuff will get thrown at you left and right. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep. but um, yeah, I made that mistake, and you know, but I still got a chance. You know, once I made to the league, I just took off. Now, now, what what game did you come back? What was your first game back? I can't remember. Do you remember? Heck, you know, I, was, I, don't I, I can't for the life of me. I can't remember. Did you did you play? I know we played. I don't know if it was home game. We know we can probably find it, but I don't remember. I have to look it up because I know that we played like UMass at the uh, rock and roll thing. You didn't play in that. And then Mm -hmm. I think we eventually played like Louisville. I can't remember if you played in that Louisville. I want to say you played in that Louisville game, but I think you played well. I think it was Louisville. I think it was Louisville. I I think it was at Louisville. Okay. 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 We went to um, Louisville. Who was on that Louisville team that year? Oh, who was on that team in 97? I know you remember. I'm trying to remember everybody. Uh, I, hey, that's another team that we didn't like either. Remember Louis? No. Oh, man. Man, Freedom <laughs> Hall. Yeah. Temple. I remember playing Temple. Yep. Yep, Temple always. Man, they always were tough, that damn zone. And they were so long. Mm-hmm. I forgot the Louisville team, man. I, I can't even think of it right now. I can't remember. But there, there was there's one game that I want to talk about uh, during this season. After you came back, um, it was a cold February night. Uh, we went to DePaul, and we played a <laughs> we played a DePaul team that was not very good. And Ruth, I'm going to DePaul knowing I'm going to get in this game. And I'm so excited to get to the game. We're going to beat them by – you know we've been about 30 or 40 because they saw it. 
Oh, they were so they were so sorry, man. We 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 killed them. But I don't even know if you remember this, but there was all those rumors that Michael uh, Jordan was going to be at the game. Oh, I heard that. I remember that. Yeah, and every, everyone was talking about. It, so I'm 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 hyped up, and so finally, um, for, for those that don't know the story, I'm in the game, and you're in the game, and I, I couldn't remember, and it, and it came to me why you usually you weren't in the game that late, up by that many points, because you know you weren't the star players you started, but I think it was because you were just coming back, and Hugs was still trying to get you as many minutes because you had been in the fourteen. Give me the rhythm, right? The rhythm. Right. So you and I are in together, and DePaul's walk on Jerry Fitzgerald comes down and hits a three-pointer in my face, and you were pissed. You were like, oh, hell no. Don't let him do you like that. So you get the ball, go flying up the court. I'm in the corner. You pass it to me, set a great screen. I come off of it wide open, and I pass it. And, Mm -hmm. man, I saw you throw your hands down, and we, like, Sean Myrick, like, threw the ball out of bounds or some, something like that. And Hutz calls timeout, and we're getting ready to get ripped. And as we're going back to that huddle, <laughs> man, yeah. you cussed me out. You was like, if you pass that mother, I'm going to But you know what? Yeah. But you know what? You look at it now. When you watch the NBA or any game, when a team up 30-40 and, you know, your, your, your bench come in, uh-huh. you're expecting your guys to go in there to, to score, to compete. I don't care if it's two or three minutes. So that's the the mindset I have with you. Okay, we have 30. You come in the game. You know you're nervous. Shoot the ball. Uh-huh. I remember uh-huh. like it was yesterday. You won the pass, and I got you open. Yes, you did. You the ball. I was yes, so mad. So I'm about to shoot his leg. <laughs> she was going to excuse my leg. <laughs> I remember that, Ali, because that was your job to get you a shot. Because you just coming off the bench. We already up thirty. You yep. shoot the ball. That's what everybody yeah. wants you to do. You're and right. You were so, so nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. It was my first year and, and first yeah. like real yeah. real game being in. And and the funny thing is, Rube, you my, my buddies and I watched the tape of it and you can see me going back to the time. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. like and the thing is the next possession, I, I you were wide open in the post, and I said, I'm not and passing him the ball. Off. You licked me off. <laughs> I licked you off, and I shot I that bad boy, knocked it in. Oh. And I'm telling you, from that point on, every time I got in the game, man, I just fired it up. Like, I knew you were, like, so right, but it didn't really hit home until – you did that. Like, Hugs used to yell at me at practice. You remember that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. But when you did that, it hit home. And then from that point on, I was known when I'm getting in the game, it's going up. I'm firing that bad boy up. You know so what thank, thank you for cussing me out. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. You know what I'm hoping one day, though, we can do I was that 917, even the 96. I would was, I was love, even though Ryder here, no more, he'd be in spirit just to be yeah. able to, to get all them guys get that team back together. Like, I see Corey and all them, T-Rat and all them guys. Like, we can come together and just, you know, everybody just see each other, man. We all old. We older now. And families yeah. and doing well. We're still here on this earth right now. I would just love for all of us to just get together and see each other, man. That would be great. But, man, yeah, I, but go ahead. I agree with that 100%. I, I do want to say something to uh, Coach Brandon, a new coach, or maybe we can arrange something and get everybody together and, uh, Get to get everybody to a game and man, bring everybody out to the court. 
How is that coach? I mean, I've been watching the game this year. How is it? I see what he's doing, but how is the guy? I mean, I, I love him. I love okay. him. He is, um, he's going to bring things back to, you know, I think how they were back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. he, his his demeanor is, is different. Like, he's not going to be, you know, going up and down his court, like yelling at players, but he's a Like fan. Mick. Like Mick. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not going to, he's definitely opposite of Mick, but in practice, man, he demands so much. That's when he does his coaching. So when you get to the games, you know what to do and you know how to execute. Like, he's he's like, I remember, I'll tell you this, Rube, um, when um, James White and I were watching practice this year, he was like, man, that's a pro-style type of practice. Like, that's what these kids need. So I've been impressed with the man from, from day one, um, his recruiting, like the type of player and the style of play. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely got to get you back, man. It'd be great for you to come back and talk to these kids too, man. They need to hear your message. Oh yeah, you know, I, well, I just, I just, I just moved back to Ohio in 2018, so you know, I was in Jacksonville, went through okay. my divorce, man. But uh, I moved back home in Cleveland, now that's home. Um, uh, met me a beautiful, a beautiful girlfriend, man, and you know, my family here, so. Yeah, this is the best opportunity for me to come back home because when I did go to Columbus, my daughter, she's 20, she in love now, so she all older, so I'm not really not there in Columbus, so that's why I made the decide when I met my girl. Um, and then all my family here, man, it's just, it's just a blessing there to be home, my sister, grandmother, and cousins and uncles, because, you know, my whole life and career, I was in Cincinnati. Right. I lived there, I had houses there, and but it just felt good to just be home with my family. Now I can see my brothers and, you know, my nephews, my dad, and, you know, just, you know, do stuff that I didn't get a chance to do because I was always in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, you, and, and you're talking about family. And I, I do want to talk mm-hmm. about that game um, at UAB on February mm-hmm. 19th. Um, and, and that, you know, obviously you had, a, you had an unbelievable career, not only at the Bearcats but in the NBA. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in this town, remember you for mm-hmm. that UAB game, man. And let's, I'm going to let you, I'll let you take the lead on it and talk about it a little bit. What, what all happened? Well, I, well, it was definitely a sad, sad, um, sad night for me. And you being in my, uh, my roommate, you was there when, um, the house came to my room and, and I couldn't believe it. I just remember knocking on the door. The crazy thing is I just talked, to my mom the night before because we saw my senior night, you know, how we had senior night on that home game and, um, uh-huh. at home, and she didn't know what to wear. She like she called my door, that's when we said Sawyer. I never forget. She was like, I don't know what to wear. I said, Mom, you can wear anything. She's gonna be, you know, she was she was kind of a shy person, but you know, my mom used to talk. She was my best friend. She was my everything. Uh-huh. I could talk to my mom about women, sex, and anything, and you would think. Us men, that's what a daddy's supposed to, but you know my father was never in my life uh-huh. at the time, so it was just my mom. So she was like, I don't know what to wear. I said, you know, wear anything. So I'm excited because I know when well, we got to go to UAB, we got to play them, but I'm going to see my mom our senior night. So I just remember that night we was in our room and us knocked on our door, and me and you looked at each other, and we looked at what time is it then? Uh-huh. That's why when I seen the hugs, I seen him, I seen Larry, I seen all the coaches. I'm like, what the fuck? 
So he said, <laughs> yep. remember I was like, we looked at each other like, what's going on? Yep. He was like, come to my room. I got to tell you something. And, and that's when he, you know, told me my mom died, man. And it just, it just broke my heart. And uh, I just remember that was a shooting around the next day or whatever that night. He said, you go back home with your family, go back to Cleveland. I said, no. I said, my mom won't be playing this game. I said, I'm not going back. I'm going to play this game, not just for y'all. I'm playing for her because she wanted me to play. She, and she knew about the UFB. So I was like, we're going to UFB and we're playing, and then I'll see you when we come back to Cincinnati because she was coming down there for senior night. Uh-huh. So I remember being in the locker room. We remember I signed the shoes. And uh-huh. every yep. time I was, it seemed like every – and it was her, Alex. It was her. Everything I shot or everything I did, it was going in. And she was just so proud of me, man. And I would never, oh, my God, I was, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Uh-huh. And I know it was her. She was probably not just me. She was probably y'all, my teammates, just thinking about my side, my coaches. I mean, man, it was, I want to get emotional now because I can cry, really, but uh-huh. that was just a hell of a game. Like, that was just a hell of a game with me that night. And then that was a special, that was a special time. That was special, very special. Yeah, and, and and some of the details that um, that I remember, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but when we were in the room that night, you were talking. I, I remember asking you this. I'm like, Rube, like, what's it like knowing that you're going to be in the NBA next year? Like, what's it like? And I remember this. You were like, man, I just can't wait to take care of my family. Like, my mom's yeah. going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were saying these things. You know? And then – for that to happen, I'll never forget. There's an image, and you can find it on Google, YouTube. There's an image of you at shoot around, and Coach Huggins is kneeling on the floor, and he's talking to you, and you know, trying to decide if you're going to stay and play. And yeah, that was the shoot around. That's when he was. I remember that. That's when he was telling me, "You need to go home, or you're going to play, or whatever." And I was sad. I was like, "No, she wants me to play this game." Absolutely, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, and that's like a, that's like an image, man. I'll just uh, honestly, I won't ever forget. And for you to stay and play that game was was so powerful. And and a crazy thing, I don't know if you remember this, but um, our first possession of the game, Kenyon, like he scored on like a jump hook, and then mm-hmm. the second possession, you caught it and fired up a three, boom, on net, and you pointed up to the sky. And I remember Sean Myrick was sitting next to me, and I'm like, man, I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, remember that time when I took that? I was on the fast break. I did that dunk. I had so many dunks. I was just, I was just so hyped. So like everything I was shooting was going in. Like she was making sure my mom was making sure everything going in that night. And that was a special, <laughs> special day. I was, and I was talking trash with the crowd. They was booing me. Then they started liking everything I was doing. I was just talking crazy. I was hyped. Yep. Yep. I, re- I remember I that. that. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. definitely a game I never forget because I I didn't expect because we never won at UAB it was like we always we yeah, always lost you know and it was a, it was a yeah, tough game because we were we were in second place on our division and UAB was in second place in their division so this was like a big game and I didn't expect going to the game that I was going to get in but based mm-hmm. on your performance. You put it away. I got mm-hmm. in that game at the end. Like I was not even ready. <laughs> I, wasn't ready but, I wasn't ready, but you you put it away, man. Definitely uh, a special performance that I think is still talked about a lot till this day. People talk you, about that. 
Like, you yeah. know, if you can or anybody can, like, put that together for me, like, give me some highlights. Like, make, like, a little highlight of that game for me. Mm-hmm. Give somebody to do that for me. I, I think they can, for sure. But, you know, the whole game's on YouTube now. The entire it game's is? on there. Yes. And and from beginning I to end, I haven't, I haven't watched it, but I, I know the entire game. Somebody was telling me the entire game's on there. Like, even the broadcast before, they're, like, talking about you and how your mother passed. Like, the whole game's on YouTube. So I'll, I'll text you the link to it. Yeah, text me the link. Yeah, when we hang up, if you can do that. Yeah. I want to see how I can, you know, I would love to put that on my Facebook and my Instagram. So oh, yeah. Like, you know, so people can just see that, like, this one yeah. I did when my mother died, man. And that was you were all awesome. blessing. Yeah, and you were you were pointing you were pointing to her like after every like battle, uh-huh. man. We were uh-huh. on the bench just get like goosebumps, like, and this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, now going into that game you talked about earlier, man. This is probably of, of all my years playing basketball. This still to this day is probably the toughest loss that uh, I ever experienced, and that was the West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, we we were down one point. With 10 seconds left, and I remember Michael Horton passed mm-hmm. it to Juan Baker, and he hit that three, put us up two, and they come down. I think that was Jared West was the guard. And yeah, it was Jared. It was Jared West and Michael Horton and Sean. I don't know. I think Sean was in the game too. Then nobody picked him up, so he nope. got the he can remember he got the basketball and dribbled straight down the court. I'm like, who's guarding him? So <laughs> not to cut you off. By the time I got to him, he was raised. He was always in the motion of shooting. By the yep. time I had to leave my man and try to rotate to just try to you know, block the shot or distract the dude at the tip of my fingers, Alex. I will never forget this. The tip of my fingers hit that dog on ball. Yep. And I don't know if that made the ball go higher in the air and able to hit the glass, but I was trying to block it. Uh-huh. I was trying to block it because I knew he was up a point. But I was so mad at Michael Horton Sean for letting this guy get the ball go coast to coast. <laughs> when and you know our defense, we picking up full oh, court. We no down. Why no the doubt. hell y'all let this dude get this ball? <laughs> and I talk about Sean to this day about that still. And I don't yep. even know what Michael Horton did, but to this day, that was so tough, man. Oh, my God, that was so tough on me. But go ahead. Oh, you remember that. Oh. It was a tough game. And, you know, one thing I'll never forget, we can kind of – we can kind of laugh about this now, but I don't know if you remember. So after that game, we were going into the locker room. Remember, that was in um, Idaho, right? Idaho. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you remember their locker room. We were in the home team locker room, so we were considered the home team. Uh, we wore white that night. We were the home team. And their locker room for Idaho, the carpet was all blue, and they had a big logo in the middle of their locker room. And there was some, like, superstition that you were not supposed to step on the logo. And they literally had a dude in there who was, like, watching the logo. And he was like, yeah, you guys just, you know, don't step on the logo. After the game's over, we're coming in the locker room. And I remember you, like, man, I tipped it, man. I tipped that shot. Like, you kept saying it. And you walked over the logo, and the dude was like, Hey man, don't walk on the logo and like everybody started yelling at that dude, like, man, shut up. We just lost the game, man. Yeah, we were so, logo. We were so mad. Yeah, we, we were like, hell with that logo. We just lost it, man. 
man, we thought Michael was crying or sad, man. That, oh, man. that, that hurt. I remember that. That hurt it so much, man. And people don't realize when you, you put all your heart. It's just like NBA championship or or playoff game. I mean, it was, I never made it out of the first round throughout my whole NBA career. Uh. But just losing, period, that would, would hurt you because we worked so hard in the summer and trained our body to win the championship, you know, or or other things, you know. So that hurt. It hurt. Yeah. And let's let's jump into your pro career. You got drafted by the Lakers in 1998. I believe that was the lockout year, so you played in Greece, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. I went over to Greece. Yep, and then eventually uh, went to the Lakers. And so, what? So tell us about that Lakers experience, man. Well, let me tell you about the Greece experience and what made me come back to the states because okay. I had uh, I went over there and I remember in the game down there in Greece. I mean, they loved me, man. They thought I was Michael Jordan over there. They thought I was Kyrie over there. I'm serious, Alex. So I remember one time going to baseball, I went for a dunk. And uh, when I got undercut and I fell down and my elbow hit the ground so hard, it busted open. Uh-huh. And so over there, the doctors in medicine, is totally different than the United States over there in Greece. So they tried to give me some antibiotics telling me, to, you know, stay home, stay on ice and treat, you'll get better. But it's to the point that my elbow got so affected because they didn't know what they were doing. I had to come back. See, people don't know this. I had to come back to the States, and I got surgery from our, our doctor at the uh, UC. Mm-hmm. He's still there. Uh, what's his name? Colosimo. Colosimo. Yeah, yep. He tell you the yep. story. I had to come get my elbow surgery. But he, he saved me because if I had stayed a little longer, my career would have been done mm-hmm. because – Man, I was already got drafted, but it was a lockout, so I wanted to get a little extra money. Uh-huh. So this was with my first wife. So we, we came back, and they kept, like, $200,000 of my money. I'll never forget. They kept all our clothes, everything. They never shipped it back. And that uh-huh. was the last of Greece. But Greece was, Greece was so good. It was, it was so nice over there, but it was dirty. People didn't believe in the Orlando, but the, the people was nice. That was my experience. <laughs> I just have to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, so I get to the Lakers, okay, you know, that's a dream come true. Uh-huh. Um, I'm out in L.A., uh, out there with Corey. Corey was out there with me at the time. Well, Corey was already out there. He was on the team. Shaq took me under his wing. That was my gosh. Since they won my rookie year, me and Tyler, Shaq took us under me. We had to bring donuts, all types of coffee. Uh-huh. We don't do it. We we going to get in trouble because him and Elton Campbell, these guys, we got them big. They want to grab us and squeeze us and sit on them. I'm like, man, I'm too big for that. <laughs> so, but I just remember, I, I'm going to tell you the story in practice. Kobe Bryant, let's see, peace, my boy. We compete in practice, right? Right. So uh-huh. I get there in 98. He already there. You know, he got drafted in 96. Uh-huh. So I'm guarding Kobe Bryant. He gave me an elbow shot real hard to my chest. Now, you got all the owners. David West, Jerry West, I mean, Jerry West, Miss Cupshot, you had Magic, you had everybody in practice. So he gave me an elbow, Alex. Man, I touched him around and said, you ever do that? This is just the competitive nation. It was the Cincinnati, Bob Huggins, Tuffy. I said, yep. you hit me with a goddamn elbow again, we fight. I didn't mm-hmm. care about nobody in there. I don't care if I just got my rookie contract. You ain't going to just elbow me. Mm-hmm. He, he was 
I was just competing against him. And this girl didn't want him to touch the ball. Just, and right then, we we just always used to compete every day in practice. And just watching Kobe Bryant from that day was unbelievable. Once I got to Seattle, that's when I was just always, you know, competing and wanted to play the Lakers and compete against him. But uh-huh. my first year with Lakers was, was a great experience, but I'm playing behind Eddie Jones, Rick Fox. Uh, I was like you in L.A. You know how I just wait to get it game? <laughs> right, yeah. Wait for somebody, blow somebody out so I get in the game. And uh, Glenn Rice, he was on that team. So mm-hmm. I was playing behind a lot of twos and threes, and uh, I didn't get that much time, but I learned. I learned I learned the game. I competed. I was focused in practice, and that's how I got better. And once I got to Seattle, that's when my career took off. Yeah, you took off. And I remember Gary Payton when yeah. you were with Seattle. Gary Payton was like, how did the Lakers not play this dude? Like, I yeah. remember him saying that. You remember that? Like He's yeah. like, how are they not playing this dude? He brings that energy. He brings mm-hmm. that toughness. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, you definitely brought a dynamic to that team that was necessary. I think, wasn't Sean Kemp, like, out for a little bit? Yeah, well, Sean Kemp was my teammate in Portland, but he was gone. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was when I was in Seattle, me, Gary, Ben Baker, just another legend team, Horace Grant, these Patrick Ewing was on that team. Like, huh. these guys, I looked up, and we looked up, and they were with the Bulls and the Knicks. Patrick Ewing, come on. Yeah, Horace sure. Grant, Vernon Maxwell, Houston yep. Rockets. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chuck Person was on that team with me. Like, these are legends. No doubt. I, I'm sitting at home watching CBS with my uncle. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm their teammates, you know? So uh-huh. it, it was an honor. I got so much experience with them guys, man. And it's, um, Charles Barkley used to get on me. Kevin Garnett, you got to keep fighting, young fella. Your time will come. I'm really, he used to always tell me that. Uh-huh. My time came once I got to Seattle. And I was with the Lakers because I didn't play that much. I was mad because I wanted to be on the court. But I couldn't yep. play. And, and, and then, then you go to Portland. I, am I correct in saying that you were in Portland for the longest of all the teams? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Portland correct? was my longest career, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when I signed my big, my big deal in Portland. Uh, when I got there, I'm going to tell you the name. She, Lonzi Well, Derek Anderson, Cedric Bonus, Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. John Kemp, Dale Davis, like these the guys, Damon Dalamar. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just I'm missing so many, but Portland was the team I was on, you know, for the longest until I got traded to Denver. Which team of of all the teams between Denver, Portland, Seattle, Lakers? Which team do you consider like your team? Like, which one's home? Like Seattle. 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 Okay. So I, when I played in Seattle, even though Gary was there, I, I was I was like, I was the man in Seattle too. You know, mm-hmm. I got a chance to play, I got a chance to start. Like when Charlotte Lewis got there, but it don't matter if I didn't start, I was coming off the bench. But I got a lot of shine. But even Portland too, because I played a lot in Portland. But Seattle is really where my career took off. Mm-hmm. And I really took off my career in Seattle mm-hmm. in uh, '99, 2000. Yeah. Now, how, now, how's the whole Kobe stopper thing come about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's the truth well, on that? What Kobe said in one of his interviews, I put on my uh, on my uh, Instagram. He was, uh, I was stuck with my Achilles in the ice bucket. We was playing in the playoffs, 
And Sean Kemp's locker was next to him, and the camera was on me and Sean Kemp. So Sean Kemp just started shaking the um, ice bucket. Kobe stopped it. Kobe stopped I'm like, so I'm, I'm disagreeing with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's my teammate. He called me a stopper. So uh-huh. I started smiling. So that's how the whole thing started after I said to this Sean Kemp, the rain man, my boy, he uh-huh. started the whole Kobe stopper thing. And that went worldwide, man. It's still worldwide to this day. It's and I'm about to be 45. <laughs> I'm gonna tell, tell you a quick story. Uh, um, this past, I think it was the start of the college basketball season. Uh-huh. I was out at Arizona, and my buddy coaches um, for Arizona's team, and the new uh-huh. assistant coach, um, or one of the assistant coaches they have for Arizona's team, he was in the league for a long time. He worked in the league, and I think he was in Portland. I can't remember the guy's name, but I'll, I'll get it and text it to you. But they introduced him to me. Now, this is an assistant coach with Arizona just a couple months ago. And somebody said, hey, this is this is Alex Meacham. He played for the Bearcats. And the guy was like, oh, you play for the Bearcats? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, oh, I know, I know some of those Bearcats. And I was like, who? And he said, the Kobe stopper. Like, he didn't call you Ruben. <laughs> he was like, the Kobe stopper. I was like, who? Oh,
couldn't believe it. It was like it was it was a dream. Like I was just with him three years ago, four uh-huh. years ago, was twenty seventeen, whatever. I was uh-huh. just with him. I was just there with his little daughter. I hugged her. She waved at me. You you feel what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And he died. And he's he's dead in the, in the helicopter accident. It just it crushed me. It crushed my soul. Yeah. Like, if something happened to you or somebody, it's so crush me because I battle, I compete, and I have friendship with these people for so many years. That's why we can't take life for granted. That's why you got to honor God, thank God, every day you get up because tomorrow you promise you none of us. And look what we're going through now is COVID-19. So okay. it was not to try to get on a different subject, but, yeah, man, that hurt. But back on Kobe, he was, man, dude was tough, man. I was, I never seen the dude. He ain't going to no clubs. He going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the gym. That. While we yep. in the clubs, kicking and drinking and partying, talking mm-hmm. to the gym. Yep. And it just, it just crushed me. So, yeah. I still, I still struggle with it, to be, to be honest with you. Like, I still yeah. struggle seeing images of him because the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, like, all the pictures you see now of him are him smiling, him with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. God, like, and I couldn't, I don't know if, if you were the same way, but, I mean, for that whole first week, I just, I wouldn't believe it. I refused to believe it. I'm like, he's not dead. He's going to be something. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you was, too, weren't you? You was the same way, weren't you? Same. I, 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 it took me forever, man. Just like, man, this dude's gone. Like, and he and I were the same. We came up, I mean, we played in, you played AU when I was playing AU, and, um, you know, we were playing in some of the same tournaments. Kobe was there. Um, just crazy, crazy, crazy to believe, man. I'm just, I don't know. But but his impact on so, you know, it's crazy when, when somebody passes away. It's funny how you find out all these stories about people and what they've done for other people and the impact that uh, they were having. And just like mm-hmm. so many players, like Michael Jordan had such an impact on, you know, our generation and all that. And then Kobe mm-hmm. was that next dude, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, think, think about like Tyree couldn't even like leave the house. He was so hurt because that was his idol and like mm-hmm. his mentor mm-hmm. him. And, mm-hmm. um, that's just, uh, yeah, that's un- unbelievable. And, and, and then the other thing too is like the, I didn't even put it together until people started talking about it after his death. And that is his connection to so many Bearcats. You, Tony Bobbitt, Tony mm-hmm. Blunt, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. so many, I mean, he knew hugs. So it's just like he had a connection. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> crazy, crazy. And, um, and like and like you said, like when we when we grew up, we idol Michael. Like you know, yeah, I was, I like the magic. I like the bird. I just like the basketball period. But Michael Jordan, like even the Isaiah team, watching Isaiah Dumars was that. But it's always Michael. Come fly with me. I want to be like Mike. I wanted to stick my tongue out. I wanted to walk like this. <laughs> that was just me as a kid, though. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. I guarantee Kobe has fans like that, too. These oh. little Irishmen have fans. Like, I have fans. Look, kids For look sure. up to me, wanting to be hard and play hard like me. Like, we all For sure. had that. So, but he was the next Michael Jordan. He was the yep. only one. Everybody's trying to compare. And I get this all the time. You know, I hear Alex LeBron and, and Kobe and and uh, blah blah blah. I said you can't. It's just a. It's a totally different generation. You mm-hmm. can't compare basketball to now. Back when I played, and back in the eighties and nineties, 
it's no comparison. Yeah, LeBron would have still been a hell of a player, but why we always have this conversation? And I hate it. I yep. LeBron better than, than Kobe or Kobe better than like who? Man, it was all different players. So guess what? The young Carmelo was good. The young D-Wade was good. Was uh-huh. good. The young Iverson was good. Like, I've seen all these guys develop and be the players they are now, you know? Uh-huh. So you can't really compare. Everybody had their own game. Everybody was great. Everybody was superstars. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's it. No question. And you and you mentioned you mentioned Mike, and I wanna I wanna get to this with uh, with Michael Jordan. And you played against him now. When you came mm-hmm. into the league, he was retired, and then when he came back with the Wizards, that's when you mm-hmm. played him when you were with the Trailblazers, correct? Correct, absolutely. And what mm-hmm. what what was that like? I know it was oh. I know it was older Mike, but it's still Mike, man. Man, when I tell you, I would never forget this. Cause I did you see that picture of me and him in the Jet Magazine? I, I did. You were hugging him. You were like, I, like, yeah, 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 from the behind. I just put yeah. it on my story again. Somebody sent it to me um, last night. But I would never forget that arena. First of all, because it was Michael Jordan. It wasn't a seat. It was sold out. It wasn't a seat available. You hear me? Uh-huh. Just uh-huh. to hear the roar, <laughs> the crowd when this guy came out. And me down there warming up. And I'm like a, I'm like a groupie. It's Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. Yep. I can't even focus man up and get myself warmed up because I'm too busy watching him. <laughs> this is the honest God truth. So I just remember when I checked in, I just grabbed him from behind. That's when pictures started smiling. Mm-hmm. So I'm guarding him, right? So mm-hmm. he hit me with the one, two, fadeaway. Wow. Yep. I said, Oh shit. <laughs> It's like that. I said to myself, and he looked at me and winked, right, and ran out of the year. So he came uh-huh. down again. Because that game, you look it up, he had a big game against us. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm guarding. He didn't even know. Wow. I said, this old motherfucker, he's But, like, just to be out there with him, Alice, is like a dream come true. Like, I idled this man my whole career. That's why I can't wait to watch that documentary tonight. I oh idol man from my kid childhood, and to be able to be on the court with him was was a blessing in disguise. I tell him that every time I see him, and like, oh man, that was just a blessing. Yeah, you. you I, I, I hope you take that picture that you have of you and him, and you gotta you gotta frame that. Yeah, no, I'm about to get it. I'm about to get it blew up. I'm about to get it blew up and put it on my wall. Like I'm, like I'm gonna text you a lot of pictures. Me and Kobe, I got. I don't know if you got it, but when we hang up, I'm gonna send you a lot of pictures of me and him when I was at that thing too. Cause yeah, I'm do that. Them blew up too. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. I want to see that. I definitely, definitely want to see that. Now I got, I got two more things for you. So. Um, okay. One of the things I want to do real quick, I want to do this thing I do with everybody at the end of the podcast, and that's quick questions, quick answers, okay. all right? So I'm asking some questions. Okay. All right, quick questions, quick answers with Ruben Patterson. Question number one, of all the nicknames that you have, what is your favorite nicknames? And you have a lot of nicknames, Rube. Both Kobe Stopper. Kobe Stopper is the best, so I, I like that one the best. That's your that's your favorite Kobe Stopper because what were some yeah. of the other junkyard dog right? Junkyard dog. They started that in Seattle. The commentator, but uh, yeah, junkyard dog and the Kobe Stopper. But I like the Kobe Stopper better. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I know you're a shoe guy. So what's your favorite Air Jordan sneaker of all time? 
Oh my God! I want to say the very first ones that we had when I was there. Uh, I I don't even remember all of them off the off the head. There were the uh, Jordan Twelves. Um, the your first year when you played for the Bearcats, I'll never forget this. Um, you wore a pair of the uh, white and red Jordan Twelves. You wore red laces with them, and they didn't come with red laces. I was like, man, those look fresh, boy. <laughs> I was like, I need get some red laces, like Rube. The, the, but had the, he had the uh, the uh, the red, the red shoe strings. The white, the white, what they were all white with the red shoe strings. I think mm-hmm. I still got them shoes, Alex. Do you really? I, got I think I still got them. Oh wow, I keep all my shoes too. <laughs> yeah, man, you were like you, you were like me, like you wore a different pair of shoes like every game. So mm-hmm. you were like me. Right, but so, see, I couldn't, I couldn't wear the same shoes like all the time. I, I had to switch them up. But once I got in the league, it was different. I'm I can wear a shoe for a long time, mm-hmm. and then just tell tell the shoe guy, give me another pair of shoes. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Question number three: Your favorite musical artist of all time? My favorite music artist of all time. I'm gonna have to say my boy Tupac. Tupac. No, that's been a pretty popular answer. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, just growing up, man. Like, I mean, it was all type of music, but when Tupac came in the game, it was, it was totally different. Yeah, totally for sure. different. I'm a, I'm a, you know, we, even when we, when he got killed, when we was in Cincinnati, you know, we was in college. That's when he got killed. Remember mm-hmm. when we was at UC? Yeah, like, yeah. I've been a pop fan forever. Mm-hmm. And then you know me being from Cleveland, I'm a Bone fan, but Pac, Pac, Pac is my man. You know, I got to represent my city, but Pac is my man. Speaking of speaking of Bone, because they kind of like, you know, sang while they rap. I remember um, back in the day when we were teammates, you would sing all the time, Rube. And, like, you really thought you could sing, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were coming to mind you know You thought you really could sing, man. You did. I didn't want to tell you, but. I I think I get that just from my my parents, my mom, and my family, my uncle, man. Just growing up as a kid, you know, seeing the car games, seeing the parties, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and and this, my parents love music. Like I love, like to this day, I love music. Like yep. that's just that's just in my family. We love music. No doubt. All right, last question I have for you: What is one talent? That you have that people would be surprised to know about. What talent? Um, question, Alex. I mean, I just man, I would just. I don't think I have one. I just, I would just always was a dog, you know. Uh-huh. I just, I just played so hard to the fact I would never forget. Guys would hate in the NBA if they knew I was starting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I had guys say, "Come on, get your ass back here. I don't want you guarding me." And that's not the guy truth. From the Rip Hamilton, the Vince Carter, that like I wanted, I wanted to fear them so much when I got them. Like this gonna be the toughest ball. You, it's gonna be hard for you touching this ball. It's gonna be hard for you getting open because I'm, I'm running through all screens. And when I get through all screens, I'm gonna get up in your chest. You know, uh-huh. back then we can do that. We can hand check, and it can't do that now. Right. So that was 
that was my game. That's what I like. I watch the NBA now. I'm like, you can't even touch him. You can't even touch him with nobody. Right. Yep. But that's what I used to always try. That's, that's what I have. I mean, I just love to compete. I love to play defense. I love to play hard. I love dunking and doing certain things. But defense was defense was my heart, man. And that, and that started with Huggins. I yep. used to have one practice and diving on the floor and running and trapping. That's where I got it from. That's why Kenya. That's what Kenya got it from. No doubt. I think Kenya was when he was in the NBA. Uh-huh. Blocking shots, playing defense. Demar, all of us. So yep. that was that was just that was just it. We all had different talent. But my talent, hey, I just want to lock you up. I didn't really care about going twenty five, thirty points or forty points a night. And that's 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 the thing, Rube, like a lot of people thought you were going to be like that. Like when you yeah. walk into a gym and people see you, they're like, oh, this dude's about to drop 50 on us. And you could, yeah. but that wasn't your primary focus. Like yeah. I, I remember this. One thing I remember about you in practice was we would do closeouts. And, man, you did not want Rube closing out on you. You were not getting <laughs> by with it yeah. by him. You were not getting a shot off on him. Like it, it was yeah. a wrap. And you took a lot of pride in that. And the one thing I learned from you is, I'll never forget this, when you would guard people on the ball, your ability to keep your eye on not only the person you're guarding, but then also see the screen that's coming and either mm-hmm. go over top or go under, depending on who you were guarding and their capabilities. Like mm-hmm. I, I just remember how you were always like turning your head, you would always watch. You were so good at that. Mm-hmm. That was just... I mean, I was a scorer. Like, I scored junior college, but high school, junior college, I was a scorer. And I got to Cincinnati, you, you know, you just talked about today. I was 14 points my first season, 17 after Danny left. And then, you know, once I got to the NBA, I was like, okay, I'm playing behind Kobe, Andy Jones, Rick Fox. I just got to do something else because I got to show my, my coach I need to be on the floor. So it was like the little things, man, defense, like you said, closing out. Don't let them touch the ball. Know when to rotate. Just doing them, doing the little things, and that got a lot of coaches and general managers' attention. And but once I got to Seattle, it was just always transition, run. Gary Payton, just run, throw lives, dunk, slash, yep. get to the basket, locking people up. So I took pride in defense, man. I've been my pride and joy all my life is defense. Yeah, no doubt. Now, last thing, I want you to kind of speak on Coach Huggins and what uh, Coach Huggins meant to you. Oh my God, <laughs> he was uh, he was he was like a father figure to me, man. He he was everything to me. Uh, I won't say this one story, but this is about Hugs. I don't know if you remember this about I think I ain't go to class and. He had me run the goddamn stadium stairs for five hours, six hours. <laughs> he, said, he said, this ass out there, excuse my leg with a sick car. After I run all of the goddamn stairs, football practice came on the field and left. <laughs> and I kept running, and then guess what? He started running with me. But he was just the guy that, that motivated me, that helped me. He knew where I came from. He knew my background, you know, mm-hmm. and – he wanted me to be the best. He's seen the talent. And um, to this day, I love that guy front, back, side, everywhere, man, because uh-huh. he he inspired me. He helped me with a lot. He he taught me a lot. And he said, you want to be, he said, you want to be rich one day. I'll never forget this. 
just listening to what the hell, you know how it is, just do what the hell don't want you to do, you're going to be okay. Yep. And people thought he was the meanest guy ever. That's just the competitive hook. But he's a lovable guy off the court. He mean as hell on that court in practice. Yep. You get him alone and get him by himself, he's the greatest guy ever. And I thank God that I had an opportunity to play two years with him, and he inspired and helped me a lot because he did. Well said. I agree with you 100%. And, yeah. You know, we got to get you, first of all, two things. One, we got to get you back. To, to a game um, at UC, and um, we got to make sure that happens. If you need tickets, yeah, hit, I want to get yeah, up. Yeah, I ain't been to one of the home games at all this year. Like, like when I moved to Columbus, I was mm-hmm. there because at the time, I knew everybody. I talked to King. I talked to a lot of people at the time. I know they were trying to get Nick Van so to be the head coach mm-hmm. after they found out Nick was gone. I know you heard about that, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um I never went to the game. I said, I want to I want to see what this guy is about first. But as I watched the Bearcats, I said, whoa, this mm-hmm. boy's playing hard. Yeah. I see some potential in the next year, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was all, I'm always watching my Bearcats, you know. Oh, yeah. So I would love to come down next year, man. Uh, uh, you know, the fans love us, love me, just come to a game. I hope it'll be a good home game, though, I'm going to come to. Maybe they open opening or whatever yeah, so for sure let's let's make that happen and i'm going to tell i'm going to tell coach brandon that i spoke with you and we got to get you back and then also your idea of getting all the guys back from those teams from that generation yeah. man, i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave you up to that that would be perfect because you know mm-hmm. it's, it's i'm right down the, i'm four hours away so you got my number now so i think danny's still there i don't know is bobby's still there brandon i believe so I haven't and, talked to him yet, but okay. Well, you know, the only person gonna be hard to get down here is King, and we all know that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know where Darnell at. Um, I talked to him. Darnell, he's in Lexington. You talked to Darnell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Lexington. Okay, he in Lexington. So we we, we know Smith's still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Big Jackson? Is Jackson still in Cincinnati? Jackson. I don't. I, I heard he was in Texas last. I heard. And Bobby, man, tell them uh, we we all man, that'd be great. We all just get together, yep, do dinner, just hang out, man, go to a game, man. That'd be, okay. you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm gonna get on you know, that. We, we miss a Rob, but he gonna be there in spirit. Uh, who oh else? yeah. Uh, oh Johnny Carson, man. Yeah, Johnny Gosh. Carson. We can't forget about our boy Johnny. Oh my God, rest in peace. We forgot about Johnny. What about Daniel Horton? DeJuan Baker, like, I heard of him? I haven't heard about Horton. I think uh, uh, DeJuan is in uh, Texas. Um, okay, we we'll have, we'll have to. We'll have to definitely hunt some of those guys down. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to uh, I'm gonna talk to Coach Brand about trying to make that happen, man. Because there were a lot of players from from those two teams in that generation that need to come back, and people need to see again, and we need to see each other. And then we can, and then we can just like ninety, 90 you know, just show the do the ninety seventeen, not the ninety six. I need my ninety seventeen. If we can get all the ninety seven there, mm-hmm. that would be great. Because yeah. you know, I mean, if then you want to be there, that'd be great too. But 
97 is the, the year you was there. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it on that. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm going to leave it up to you, man. And, uh, <laughs> and it was good talking to you, man. And, you know, this you got my great. number. We stay in touch, man. If you ever come to Cleveland, you call me. I'm home. Oh, and, for uh, sure. For yeah, sure. I'm coming out here for the Cavs game. I'm going to a lot of Cavs games. I'm okay. trying to get with them to do a lot of things, too. Like okay. Connect on there. So. That sounds good, man. Now, this is. This is great. Bearcat fans are gonna love this, man. You told some great stories, man. You were you're such a big part of, you know, Bearcat basketball history. Just your yeah, man. I mean, yeah, even you were you were only here right. two years, but like it was like you were here four. Yeah. It was like yeah. you know what I'm saying? It just seems like you were here longer than two if you talk to most people. And then so, look, and then I lived there my whole goddamn life. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, I ain't leave Cincinnati before I moved to to Jacksonville with my uh, ex-wife, 2015. That's mm-hmm. when I left Cincinnati, 2000. And then uh, I came back in 2018 because me and her got divorced. So when I was in Columbus, I stayed in Columbus for a year. And then that's when I moved to Cleveland. I'm like, you know, I met my girl. And then, you know, my family, everybody. I said, man, I'm going back home. I ain't been to Cleveland. I live, I moved here from home in 92. Mm. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago, yep. So it just feels good to be home, man. Like, yeah, to see everybody, man. My grandmother, she older. Just to see everybody, man. And I'm just happy I'm in a better place in my life. That's so, great, man. Yep. Yeah, so that's good to I'm hear, grateful. man. Like, thank Definitely. you. I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad we able to still talk with teammates and friends. Oh uh, yeah. Stay in touch, man. Let's try to to get this together, man. And once this over my team man we can all see each other again I know I know yeah. I'm with that yeah. I'm, I'm definitely with that man uh, hey I, I appreciate you uh, coming on I always say this man definitely one of my favorite teammates ever in my history of basketball so uh, oh, I appreciate, you, I appreciate you yes sir alright I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M E A C H A M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat at Big Meach41. And soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats. <laughs>